Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. Welcome to another T2 Hubcast with me, Spencer Locker. And me, Martin Johnson. Morning, Martin. Morning, matey. How are we doing? All right? Yeah, good, mate. Looking forward to this one. I'm good looking forward stuff. to the topic. I've been yeah. uh, been speaking a lot about <clears throat> this lately. Right. Okay. Good stuff. Well, um, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to speak a bit more about it this morning. So um, what we're going to do this morning, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, is we're going to talk about AQ. Now, not a lot, of, well, I say not a lot, maybe a few of you aren't familiar with what AQ stands for. You probably know what IQ stands for, which is intelligence quotient. Yeah? So this is your... Intel- Have you got an IQ, Martin? Oh, don't even get me started. There's an ongoing joke here at T2 that we all did our IQ tests not so long back, and you can be below average, average, above average, gifted, or genius. And all I'll say is, Spencer's laughing at me now, that they all hate it that I came out with the highest IQ. I think it, I think I was just in gifted. However, <laughs> the point being is, um, you know, when we talk about this, don't we, Spence? There's three... There's three classic measures of intelligence in human beings. Yeah. And well, no, two classic and one emerging. Right. But the okay. three main types, and we always we all know about IQ, which is as you rightly point out, is intelligence yeah. quotient. Yeah. And for people listening, if you don't know how that's made up, it's generally made up into sort of four buckets, which is around pattern recognition, your ability to uh, recognize spatial awareness and judge spatial awareness, you know, your cognitive functioning, your problem solving, you know. It's how your brain cognitively works and works out problems and solves them and recognizes situations. So IQ has been the age-old way that we measure intelligence, or we've tried to measure intelligence. Then over the recent years, EQ was born, Mm. which is emotional intelligence, your emotional intelligence quotient. And that is that the human element of intelligence, so my self-awareness, how self-aware I am my ability to read group and power dynamics, pick up on emotions, facial expressions, yeah. read a situation and, ad- and uh, adapt accordingly. So mm. social sciences is very much saying that, you know, emotional intelligence governs our way to collaborate with the world and, and get on with people. And then most recently, Spence, which is AQ, as you rightly point out, which is adversity quotient. Yeah. And I yeah. think this is really important probably for us to, to table and discuss on this podcast, because I think people probably might be thinking, well, I get IQ and EQ, but what's AQ? What does that mean? And very simply put, and I know you're going to steer us through some content here and, and stuff, but simply put, adversity quotient is our our ability to deal with adversity in life. Yeah. Some of us are naturally more resilient than others, genetically, um, through our personality types and through the way we've we see the world our value systems motivate us. Some of us are less capable of dealing with adversity because we are anxious, worriers, procrastinators, whatever it might be. But the reason why AQ is important is because certainly in modern day life spans, we are faced post-pandemic with a number of things happening in the world, mental health crisis on the rise. You know, we can't ignore these things. We seem to become less resilient as a species and therefore adversity quotient seems to be reducing in people, not in everybody, but in people. And that impacts whether your EQ and IQ is high, AQ will, can still inhibit your ability to go on and 
live a fulfilled life and be successful. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's worth discussing, mate. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, uh, when when I was when I was first looking at this uh, years ago, I think it was um, <clears throat> the, the the name Paul Stoltz kept kept cropping up because he seemed to be the the person who sort of brought it to the fore. And I've just got a quote from him here. Uh, AQ is the most scientifically robust and widely used method in the world for measuring and strengthening human resilience. Top leaders, industry-leading companies and governments worldwide use AQ to enhance or transform characteristics such as performance, productivity and innovation. So with a statement like that, you can see why it's stacked up with IQ and EQ, can't you? Absolutely. And, you know, there is a... And this is why the, we do the work here at T2. I mean, if you think about it, Spence, everything we do is to strengthen AQ in individuals, to make them more resilient, to make them more self-aware, to help them manage their trigger points and their frustrations better. And as a result, your your ability to deal with adversity goes up, right? So so we heavily focus on it. However, I'm a believer that, and there's, there's, there's definitely science emerging on this, but the, the general feeling among scientists and neuroscientists is, IQ is gifted from your genetic coding, largely. Right. So you're either blessed with the winning the genetic lottery from your parents right. and you've just got the smarts from day one, yeah. right? Because <laughs> you had a smart, gifted parent or whatever. Yeah. So IQ can generally be tracked down in the genetic code, mm. you know, through through um, different generations. I know you can get smarter with education and repetition, mm. but you're literally playing within a window <clears throat> field yeah. within your genetic coding. Yeah. And just as somebody else who's unfortunately below average IQ, they can do all the studying and education in the world. They ain't getting up to gifted, mm. right? It's simple as that. So IQ is largely dependent on your genetic coding. Um, EQ can definitely rise or fall over time. Yeah, You can become more emotionally aware if you want to mm. and you learn what that looks like and you learn to, or you can become less. Mm. Generally, old people become less emotionally intelligent. Mm. I don't think they do. I just think they don't care anymore and they say <laughs> what they think. Yeah, you know, nothing more refreshing than an old person who just tells someone as it is because they're yeah. sick of it, right? Yeah. They've had a year, a lifetime of of playing the game, and now they're just going to speak from speak their <laughs> mind. But EQ can rise and fall over time. But I definitely think AQ, this mm. thing we're talking about, yeah, with education, with coping mechanisms, mm. with understanding yourself, mm. with understanding how to interpret situations and respond accordingly, you can definitely improve. Yes, your adversity quotient. Certainly, certainly, I, we find this. Quite a lot, um, but you've got to be prepared to put the work in. I think, Ooh, and it's uncomfortable because yes. you, you've got to you've got to look. You start with yourself, yeah. So in order to improve AQ and become more resilient in the world mm. and deal with problems and adversity, mm. you've got to look at yourself first and lift the covers up. And and sometimes that's not pretty because mm. quite often it's like nobody wants to admit that they're partly to blame or they're at fault or they're yeah. not dealing with stuff very well or they. They, they don't rationalize very well or they're, you know, they're stubborn or, mm. you know what I mean? Or mm. they're a victim of the world or they're seeing everything as a threat state rather than a challenge state. It's uncomfortable for people to go on that journey. Certainly, certainly. So um, just just when you're, when you're considering AQ, as I have, and I'm sure Martin has as well, um, there's, there's sort of three sort of pictures that we can go down. I mean... <clears throat> with your IQ and your EQ, it's sort of a numerical value. So you can sort of pitch your numerical value and you can sort of see whereabouts it is. As you said, you've got genius, high levels, low. I'm working on genius. Yes, you're working on it. <laughs> um, but for, for AQ, 
um, we've, we sort of start off with these three particular identities. Okay. So um, the first one, with, with you've got a, if you've got a low AQ, so it's a low capacity for, for, for having this, this skill, is somebody, we, they're called quitters. 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 Yeah. So it's basically in the face of adversity, you give up. Yes. Yeah. You're, or you run away. Or you run away. You hide you yourself. You don't deal yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it. It's negativity, threat state. We call it threat state, sort of looking at things from a threat state perspective. Um, you haven't got the resilience. Yeah. Um, and quitters is a very strong word. But yeah. I think it, and people feel a little bit uncomfortable with it because some people might go, well, that's really nice, isn't it? I don't deal with adversity very well. I know I don't. Um, and therefore, I never stay in the fight long enough to see something through. And now I get called a quitter. Well, actually, the first, and this is the one thing I want to say on this, is the first step to becoming more resilient is to actually look at the situation for what it is, not better, nor worse. And a word that shoots through to somebody that says, yeah, when it gets tough, you quit. You walk away, you mm. retract, you give up easily, you move on. You know, there's no, there's no better word to describe it. And and yes, there's some empathy around the reasons why you might be quitting because you might suffer from stress, anxiety, worries. You might be a chronic threat state thinker. You might have, like, you, there might be things, Spencer, like PTSD and co-caring disorders that inhibit your ability to be able to you know, deal with pressurized situation. You might be going through a breakdown. You might be overwhelmed, whatever it might be. But I think what we've got to look at, those things aside, which would obviously be medically supported, there are generally still people with low levels of uh, adversity quotient who don't suffer from those things. However, the reality is, is if we start with the truth, with the picture of the mm. truth, only then can we start working with it and do something about it, right? Certainly. I mean, for me, it's purposefully... Um, harsh, yeah. Because what is your reaction if somebody turned around to you and said you're a quitter? What is your reaction? What is your response going to be? We all know somebody, a friend who we might like, or a family member who we might like, who hops from job to job, who hops from hobby to hobby, who who ha next one minute they're climbing Kilimanjaro, then they pull out, then they'll sign up for a marathon and they never see it through. Then they're starting a business and they quit it in three months. And you, you know those people who have very low AQ and they just hop and give in and hop. And you almost think, hey, it's the next, here's a new thing. Yeah. I'm giving it three months. Yeah. And they get a name for themselves. Yeah. You know. But if you call somebody a quitter, how do, how do you, yeah, do you, how do you respond? Do you, do you do what you said? And it's like, oh, I'm a quitter now. I'm all this, that, and the other. Or are you somebody who's going to turn around and go, I don't want to be a quitter. I don't want to be seen as a quitter. What do I, what can I do about it? Yeah, and the minute you do that, it, it it triggers an action of going, okay, so what is causing me to quit? And then once you've got the answer to that question, you go, okay, so how do I deal with that? How do I get better at that? Hmm. All of a sudden now, now you're motoring because your, your, your acknowledgement and acceptance of it is step one. It thrusts you into a process of then you know, making decisions and taking actions and then actions lead to changes. Changes lead you then to your, even in that three-step process, mm. and I know I'm probably going ahead of you here and you're thinking, <laughs> but even that three-step process, yeah. your AQ has gone through the roof without yeah. even getting results mm. because now 
you're identifying things and you're in the game. Yeah, yeah, sure. You're gonna you're gonna be heading towards the next one. Okay. So the next one is a moderate AQ. Okay. And they are called campers. Campers. Happy campers. Happy campers. <laughs> well, it depends. Willing to fight against adversity to some extent, uh, but not necessarily persistent in all their efforts. So these are people that have got a capacity to deal with diversity a little bit more than quitters, um, but maybe not all the time. So unlike the quitters, the campers say, right, there's some adversity here in this situation, but before I run away or before I give up and pack up and go home, I'm going to set up camp, I'm going to hold my position, and I'm going to try and weather the storm. Yeah. That's basically the terminology, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not right now going to attack it and, and wade through it, but... Yeah, I'm going to set up camp and see if I can weather the storm. And that's it with campers, isn't it? It's like they they have a level of adversity quotient because they're willing to sit in the uncomfortable zone, but they're sort of hoping it goes away. Yeah, rather yeah. than making it go away. Yeah, and yeah. it's really it's really interesting to to for you to say that actually, because um, just just to slightly veer off a little bit um, on our T2 hub, we've got the capacity to do the test for an AQ, your, your adversity quotient. Yeah. And um, and I sort of looking at all this, I thought to myself, well, I'll give that a go, see what my adversity quotient is. Bearing in mind that I sort of thought to myself I'd be a camper, and I wasn't. And I was quite proud of myself, actually. Well, so that means that you're not a quitter. I'm not a quitter, but- and I'm not a camper. What I am is a climber. And that's These the- are people with high adversity adversity quotients so these are people that are real achievers apparently well do you know what let me ask you a question i've been worked with you now for four years yes yeah four years i reckon if you did that test two years ago you'd have been a camper yeah i reckon so i reckon you're right there yeah i reckon you would which is not Mm. a bad thing Mm. um because it comes with certain things but um go on then climbers so climbers have have high adversity quotient uh, well, yeah, this is the thing is I, I really like what we've put about this because it's an appropriate perspective on events and responses. And I love that word appropriate because I am I feel like I'm very appropriate in most things. It's not excessive. And I'm completely, ina- <laughs> I'm completely inappropriate most days. <laughs> but yeah, it's no, it's this, it is this, this, for me, it's all the things we talk about. It's uh, challenge versus threat state. It's ABC technique. It's saw technique. It's all these things where we've got this capacity to to respond appropriately to to the adversity. It's like when we start talking about um, moderate, we're talking about the campers. I sort of thought to myself, sometimes, particularly with younger people, when we've got when when we work with younger people, sometimes we can get frustrated because we can see the potential in them. But they don't. They underutilize that potential, and I think that really fits in with the campers. Yeah, because they've got. It can be incredibly frustrating for us climbers because we can see potential in people that they maybe can't see in themselves. Yeah. Whereas sure. with the climbers, it is that potential. It's that rationalization, if you like, of the adversity. What can I do about it? How? What do I need to achieve? How am I going to achieve? It? I like the visualization of the three brackets: the quitters, the campers, and the climbers, because. Mm. Just as the campers sit in adversity and set up camp and hope it blows over, 
the climbers generally, I have this visualization, Spence, of, and I, and I think I would be a climber. I haven't done the test, actually. I'll do it. Yeah. But I think I'd be a climber because in adversity and when things are going wrong and when there's challenges and when you're met with challenge, I see it's like, right, I'm going to put my gear on mm. and I'm going to spring into action and I'm going to deal with it. I'm yeah. going to climb through it. I'm going to get up above and beyond it. And that's the only way I know. Mm. I, I, if I was a camper, I'd generate more frustration, worry, and anxiety. I couldn't sit around doing nothing. Mm. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't know that I'm in a shitstorm and not taking charge or de- leading us through it or doing taking some action. Yeah, you know, I always have this saying, don't I? If you're not, you know, growing, you're dying, and if you're not moving mm. forward, you're going backwards. It's like being on a treadmill. Yeah, as said Dave Railsford described, right? Yeah. But the point being is, um, it's my only way I know. If you know you're a climber. If it's the only way you know, hmm. it's not even a conscious decision. Yo, yeah, I think climbers in climbing is not a confidence. It got uh, uh, like a. It's not like you sit down and go, "I really don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it." Sometimes that's the case, but I think genuine climbers just spring into action hmm. in adversity, and that's when you know you've got high AQ. Yeah, when we start looking at where, because we we, when you do this test, it's measured against four separate dimensions if you like so when you were talking about the intelligent quotient you were talking about like cognitive this and the other so when you're doing with the iq uh, with the aq we've got four different sort of dimensions so we've got control ownership reach and endurance yeah when you actually look at those four that's sort of part of your unconscious motivators aren't they it is really it is and and this is the thing like when we look at those three brackets I would say for people listening to this, don't be deterred. But if you're a natural climber driven by certain motivations and personality styles, et cetera, yeah. then great. You will have a high AQ and it will it will you know serve you well. But if you sat here and you're thinking, mm, I'm more of a camper, this is what I want to say on that. And this is the work we do. Like I said, Spencer, two years ago, you'd have been a camper. Mm. And every now and then you'd have climbed where you felt the risk was low and you could do it. Yeah. And I think that's what campers need to understand. They're capable of stepping into being a climber when the risk assessment's been done, when the the storm has calmed, and I'm ready. <clears throat> I'll climb through it. Yeah. But it there's no there's no um, it's not a bad thing to set up camp and just in the middle of adversity. And as long as you're not running away and backing off, and as long as you're not quitting, yeah, it, it actually can serve set. Some people are not destined to naturally and spontaneously climb through adversity. Mm. You know, if, if you don't carry the right ingredients and DNA, that's not good for you. Mm. If you're a camper, there's a real benefit in going. As long as I don't stay there too long, yeah, the initial response of being a camper is good for me in adversity. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then I'll climb when I'm yeah. ready. And I think if you're a quitter... Um, or if you're somebody who's just not dealing with adversity very well, hmm. don't try and become a climber straight away. Yeah. I don't think you can skip getting to the middle ground first and go in. I just need to become comfortable in acknowledging adversity hmm. and staying in there for a little bit. Yeah. Putting myself in that uncomfortable zone. Step by step. Yeah. 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 I do, I, yeah. So, again, I, one of these things, and, and it's one of the things I love what we do here at T2, is that we don't just sort of identify things. We give sort of tangible tips and and sort of things that we can use to either enhance something or overcome something or address something. And uh, and when we start thinking about this uh, adversity quotient, I suppose 
um, when we're when we're considering the quitters and possibly even the campers when it's inappropriate. Um, we've got this this um, the sequence that we call lead. Okay. Have you heard of that one? You, uh, you, I have. You have. But talk right. us through okay. it. Okay. Um, so because it's, it's similar to some of the other things that we do, obviously it's specifically focused on the the AQ thing, but um, we use the uh, the lead uh, sequence, L, lead, listen to your response to adversity. So it's basically being authentically you, isn't it? It's recognising that, because um, a lot of it is unconscious. So we've got to recognise what that unconscious is and maybe maybe if we can identify it, we can challenge it. it well, it's like the ABC technique we use in um, challenge and threat. Yeah. Acknowledgement is the A. Yeah. And it's similar in this sense, you know, only through acknowledging the situation you are in for what it is can you hope to rise above it. Yeah. I mean... And, and when you're unwilling to, you know... Mm acknowledge adversity and listen to what the situation is telling you. Mm. And this is what victim mentality does. It sabotages your ability to do this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're a victim, you, instead of acknowledging it and listening, when you're a victim, you, you're too busy blaming and trying to play why this situation is unjust and why it's not my fault. You yeah. ain't going anywhere from that position. Mm. And uh, that takes us on to E. Um, so that's establishing accountability. So that's basically sort of saying, right, okay, then. So now I, I've sort of um, recognized my response to adversity and, and that acknowledgement, if you like. So who's going to do something about this? Mm. Me. That's it. Now, and this this is really interesting when we start considering um, this, this adversity quotient because there's people out there that rely on other people and then when it doesn't work out for them, they blame the other people. So it's that it's that preparing to self-rescue. Who is accountable? Well, you know what? There's people out there that will support. There's people out there that will advise. There's people out there that will um, will do everything for you, but there will logistically everything. But there's only one person can do something about it, you. So it's establishing that accountability. I am accountable for this. Yeah. The A, analyze the evidence. Now, I find that really interesting as well because you're starting to engage that part of your brain that's logic and rationality. So you're looking at things. You're not necessarily discounting the the chimp thing because obviously you're in a potentially stressful situation because you're in you're in diversity, uh, not diversity, adversity. Well, I was talking to I was talking to Dave Brailsford about this at the Ineos camp last time, and we've exchanged conversations about this around um, opinions and perceptions are very dangerous of mm. a situation. Mm. You know, analyzing the evidence for what it is seeking input from a wider source of people to try and establish the reality rather than the perception is incredibly mm. important. Yeah. You've got to have that evidence. And and as you said, finding it from different people rather than automatically going to the people who you know will support your potential, your particular bias or yeah, yeah, yeah. narrative. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes we've got to look at that evidence, even though it doesn't necessarily sit well with us. And then D, the final one, do something. <laughs> I knew it was going to be that. <laughs> just do it. Yeah, yeah just yeah. because I mean, we we talk about this when we when we talk about the ABC technique, uh, acknowledge, breathe, and control. And it's I, I always sort of use the analogy of of the fact that uh, we tend to be um, or, or a lot of us tend to have this 
perception that we either win or we lose. And, and during our formative years, we're, we tend to be told that losing is bad. We shouldn't lose. We shouldn't fail. We should always win. So that's why people focus on winning and ignore losing and don't take accountability for that because it's like blame culture and things like that. So what I like to do is I like to look at things I either win or I learn. It's like when we start looking at challenge state. Challenge state, this is what I want to achieve, but if I don't achieve it, it's going to look like this. Well, what's the point in that? Because now I can see where I failed. Yeah. So now I can learn from that. So actually, rather than win or lose, it's win or learn. So when you do something, if you do the right thing, you'll succeed. Happy days, big thumbs up, smiles on faces. But if I don't succeed... I actually learn something. Yeah. So that next time I can. Yeah. So do something is actually as much as people might say, well, you say do something. What if I don't do it right? What if I don't don't matter about that? Do something and then learn from the consequences. Well, there's an old saying, isn't it, that we say the only thing worse than a bad decision is no decision at all. Oh, d- d- is that what they say? That's what I say. Oh no. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> the only thing worse than a bad decision or a bad action is no decision or action at all. Because then you're going nowhere. Mm. And um, do something says, you know, make a call, take some action. Yeah. And then just own it. And if it's good, if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, Mm. we'll just do the same process again. (laughs) You know, I know we're making it sound very simple, but it really could be that simple. But but I think this is the thing, simplicity. What's that? Simplicity beats? Complexity. Every every day of the week. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And this is the thing is we could... Um, I think that's one of the reasons why our podcast is so popular with um, business leaders and elite sports and, and all this that and the other is because it is simple and it's straightforward. We're not here to make ourselves sound clever or, or, or uh, be complicated. I, I don't think we could, Spence. Well, no, you might. <laughs> didn't want to say no, that. Uh, you know, listen, AQ, and I'm assuming you know we're um, we're sort of coming to the end of this. Yes, but, yeah. But I think AQ is incredibly important to understand, and I think. You know, if the three measurements of intelligence in modern day life is is IQ, EQ, and AQ, then we have a huge bearing on AQ. We control that more than anything else um, through acknowledgement, through uh, understanding where we're at and what we're susceptible to, knowing whether we're a quitter, camper, or climber, mm. becoming okay with that, and then making an action plan to say, well, how can I make this serve me well? If you're mm. a quitter, you need to move up to be a camper as soon as you can. And we need to understand how we can get you there. If you're a camper, you might not need to go anywhere. You can be a camper for the rest of your life, but just know when the right time to climb is. Just know when the right time to climb is. A wise man once said to me, once said, he didn't say it to me, once said, you've got to know when to surf and when to wax your board. <laughs> and I, like, I think that fits into that. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Don't, don't, you can't become something you're not. You can't ever instinctively become a climber if you're not wired in that way. And if you're a climber, then yeah, absolutely, fantastic. Keep 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 doing it, and you'll always deal with adversity very well. But as always, hopefully, there's a few little nuggets in there, Spence, like mm. lead, mm. like understanding the three different categories of AQ. Mm. There's a test on the hub. So, like you rightly yeah. say, go on to our T2 hub and do the AQ test and see where you come out. Are you a quitter, camper, or climber? Do not be deterred by the result. Mm. Just use it and acknowledge it to uh, to see how you can improve and be better. Yeah, as you said. It's within our power to change and improve. So, yeah, that's what we want to do. Excellent. Well, 27 minutes down the road. Thank you very much for that, Martin. Cheers, Really appreciate that. Enjoyed that, mate. Good stuff. Um, So we'll be back soon with another T2 Hubcast. So until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 